Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey everybody, welcome into this week's edition of The Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover and myself as we talk about investing finance and retirement. Steve, what's up buddy? How are you? Doing great, Mark. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Not doing too bad. You and I were just chatting prior to getting started. The allergy season is also upon us, so not only do we have all this other mix going on, but we, we get the allergies too. So <laughs> Oh, I know, but you, that means uh, we're going to start turning green and everything's going to be uh, warm and looking better. great. And that will help a lot of things too, you know, so sunshine is always a good, rest some sunshine on your face, you just feel better. <laughs> That's right. Get that vitamin D going. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, we're going to get into our topic this week. I got a, a a quick interesting one here for us to talk about. Uh, I want to talk worst retirement. And uh, recently, this is why, this is a recent survey, and this is prior to the, the chaos that's been going on lately, but a recent survey revealed that more than half of today's employees are pessimistic about their future retirement. So it's interesting, more than half of the current employees, uh, and I'm, again, this is American-based, are pessimistic about their future retirements. What do you make of that? Well, I think a lot of it kind of stems from the fact of what they're inundated with. You watch any TV commercial on anything and the financial services companies come out saying, you're going to run out of money. You don't have enough money. People aren't saving enough money. And they're just bombarded with this message that they're not going to have enough money to live the lifestyle they want to live. And it, it kind of wears on them. I think it just finally bears down on them. Now, there is a lot to show that people don't save enough when in fact they they really should be focused in on you know where their money goes so in other words what i'm trying to say is everybody's forced to defer their money so they put it in this tax later bucket and they they put a little in there and they put a little in there and then somebody comes along and says oh gosh you're going to be taxed on all that and so people just get this feeling of what am i going to do right or it's never um, enough kind of thing Right. Yeah. And well, the other part is on it is the fact that you can't really, it's not a really fair comparison to some of the older generations. Some of the older generations had pension plans. Right. And they didn't need to, to save. And uh, outside of, of that plan, well, the way that everything is now, you, you're going to have to be forced to do that. You know, and, and this idea that, that you're going to retire at 65 is to me is insane. In fact, because a 65 year old really isn't old, they may have another 30 years left in their lifetime. Right. Right. Um, and 65 is just not old. And it's, I think there's just been some things that people have tried to, you know, they're always bombarded with all these different, different things. And if they just focus in on, it really goes back, focus in on spend less than you make and save. You know, I saw a uh, you know George Carlin, the 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 great comedian. Um, he passed away a few a number of years ago, but I saw something just recently, a, a little interesting quote from one of his shows, and he was like, you know, it was a, it was a whole bit going back and forth about how society has changed so much nowadays, and this was like two thousand and nine or ten, something like that. And he's like, you know, we we work more but save less. That was a part of it that was in there, which is kind of interesting. Is you know, as he was going through this, it's like not necessarily hard. We didn't say we work harder because you know, he's like, in a lot of ways, you know, we've made our life 
too easy, but we, we do tend to work more. Like it seems like people put more hours in, there's less time away from the family, so on and so forth. But yet we still feel as though we make less. And that survey, actually a, a majority of workers kind of felt that they have a much worse retirement than their parents, kind of to your point, probably about pensions and so on and so forth. And, you know, do you agree with that outlook? Do you kind of see that being more problematic whenever you're talking with people or is it maybe people under 50 that are feeling this way versus over 50? I kind of take the view. It kind of goes counter of what, what is out there right now, which okay. we have this idea that people should be making a minimum amount. So in other words, you have this, these people going around, everybody should make, you know, minimum wage should be $15 an hour. And what that, I, I think what it breeds is laziness. I think we are all set out there and there's a big ladder in front of us, an earnings ladder. And the minimum wage is down at the bottom. And that's where we all, we should all start. But we should have this idea that the more value we bring to the market, into our job, into the people we're servicing, we're going to make more money as we go up that ladder. And that ladder is goes on forever. But we get knocked down in this thing that we should make a minimum of $15 an hour. Well, okay, if that's your life's ambition, well, $15 an hour is, is going to make you a decent amount of money. But what kind of value are you bringing to the job and to the people? And that's really why people make a lot of money. If, if you have a, an individual who works at, I don't care, pick your big monster company and sure, they're the right. CEO and they make right. it, Millions, a salary whatever. of you know $50 million a year, most of it's in stock, but let's say they make $50 million a year, but they set in place the strategies that help the company make $20 billion, that $50 million is nothing to the company. It's the value you bring to the company. And it's not that people aren't valuable down at the end of the of the ladder. It's just that the more value you bring, the more money you're going to make. Right. And right. if people are told you're just going to, your value isn't going to be very much making $15 an hour. Well, you know, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No. And I say, and that's, and I think that's kind of where people get stuck into this thing. You have the choice. You know, you, I hear all the time, by the way, as you can tell, I'm a little passionate about no, this. No, that's great. Yeah. Uh, that, that you hear these people, well, I can't make any money. I'm working for such and such company. It's like, well, then quit. Find another job. You know, this is not a uh, country that you have to work someplace if you don't like it. If you don't like it, quit. Find something else. But that's the problem is most people haven't set themselves up to provide that kind of value to the employer, to their customers, and they feel stuck. Well, the only reason why they're stuck is because they have self-limiting beliefs. They're stuck. Right. With themselves, you know, and I think a lot of this argument could come from the fact that people, you know, we're talking about you know a worse retirement than maybe previous generations, and may, and a lot of it probably does revolve around the pensions because we're like, well, you know, currently the last you know however many years you have to self fund your own retirement versus the company that you worked for forever, you know, kind of paying that for you, and so. I, I, I see that side, but I still think in a lot of ways we're having better retirements now than our parents did. A, because we're living longer, but you do have to plan for that, right? You do have to have the money to cover right. it. But I mean, I think we're living longer and healthier and allowing us hopefully more time to spend because maybe we did work a lot through our working years, but by living a little longer in retirement and hopefully healthier, we're now getting to kind of spend that extra time with our loved ones, with our grandkids and things of that nature. So I think in some of those ways, I would say that a modern retirement is better than a in a prior retirement because we didn't live as long. First of all, I mean, you know, you stop working at 62, you might've died at 65. Right. That's exactly right. You know, it, what drives me crazy a lot of times when I hear, read things is that it seems to be somebody else's fault 
(laughs) It's somebody else's fault. Well, no, it's not somebody else's fault. You have the free will and choice to to make these decisions. If you're not making much money, then you have the the ability to go out and change that. Right. Don't blame it on somebody else. Don't don't blame it on your employers not paying you enough. Right. They're paying you what they feel your value is. If you don't like it, leave. I mean, right. there's nothing that Get says you have to stay there. Right. Yeah. Whatever the case is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and there's, you know, what you bring to the table and all those kinds of things. Yes, we have to play by the rules of of the game that we kind of, you know, structure within, you know, whatever, you know, tax rules and all these kinds of things like that. But there's still, you still always have choices to try to make, uh, to hopefully improve your quote unquote station or your outlook on how things are going to go. And so, you know, do working with the right people, getting some things in place to kind of work through uh, whatever hurdles in front of you is the ways that you're going to hopefully have a better retirement than you foresee or that maybe that you even your parents had. Just be realistic and, and put a plan together. Yeah, and if you, you have a plan, a plan is better than no plan. And, right, and right. you can always make adjustments. And if things go sideways, then you can always make adjustments and come back. But as long as you have a plan, you you should feel pretty good about where everything's going. Yeah. I mean, there's so much opportunity in this country. And if you use a plan to help you take advantage of that, you're going to feel so much better going forward. I agree. You know, as, uh, as the uh, philosopher Mike Tyson once said, <laughs> everybody, everybody uh, is fine and you know, or thinks things are great until they get punched in the mouth, right? Then they realize they have no plan. <laughs> right. It, it's exactly right. And, you know, and I, the planning part of it is, is a pain. I it's mean, nobody sure. likes to have to plan for it. And, and, and the other part is, and my dad's an estate planning attorney. And one of the things that always drove him crazy is that it takes a little plan to put your estate plan in place. You do have to actually think that you are going to die at some point. But if you do a little planning beforehand, you don't. You can just go through life and not have to worry about what's going to happen with your money when you're no longer here and able to control it. Yeah. And it's the same with your finances. Just start looking at different ways. Now, I will say that the I think the millennials are getting sectioned out a little bit on on some of this. Probably some way, yes, in some ways, you know, maybe unfairly. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. I, it's going to be interesting because my son, I would say, is a millennial. My daughter is a millennial. Sure, right, mine too. We yeah. see some other friends. And it, it's an interesting, it's going to be interesting how it plays out in the next 10 years because a lot of them don't want to own a home. They don't want to own a car. They want to Uber everywhere or Lyft. They, they want to rent. They'll change. Somebody told me this. A millennial may have up to 25 to 30 jobs in their lifetime. Wow, that's interesting. That absolutely floored me. I've had four. Right, right. Um in my lifetime. And but 25 to 30, I'm like, good. And, that's crazy, and yeah. my, the issue with that is you never <laughs> I you know, part of moving jobs is to move up. Right, but if you're right. constantly moving, that's just a, an insane deal. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. The other part is once they start having children and once they start getting into, as you and I, when we're not that old, but we would be old fogies to them. Once <laughs> life hits you in the face, like Mike Tyson said, once life hits you in the face, then owning a car, yeah. actually buying a house, setting some roots for your kids to go to good schools right. on a consistent basis. It, it's going to be interesting. And that, that's going to be an interesting how it changes the economy and, and, and retirement down the line. No, I, I agree. That's that's interesting fact. I think we'll I think we'll part the show with that. Uh, that's some interesting places to think about. I agree with you. Um, you know, I'm I'll be 50 soon here, and uh, you know, moving through uh, retirement for the younger generations. My daughter's 22. I'll be curious to see how 
you know, that plays out for those. But for ourselves, you know, if you do have those questions, if you do need a little help, if you need to get a financial coach on your side to help you through some things, that's why Steve is here. It's why we do the podcast. Hopefully you picked up something useful. Uh, you're subscribed to the show and you listen to these and, and we share some different things with you and hopefully that gets you thinking in you know, whatever direction you might need uh, some advice or you want to lean towards or something. But before you do, always check with a qualified professional like Steve, specifically on your situation, not just the generalized items we talk about here on the show. Reach out to him at 913-685-3207. 913-685-3207. Subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever. Find us at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com. And Steve, my friend, have a great week. And yeah, you, you, you stay with that one job. Me and you will do the same thing. They can have those 30 jobs. That's a lot of orphaned uh, IRA. That's a lot. That's, a, that's too much work. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't want to work that hard. I think about moving jobs and having to change your 401k when you leave one behind. Can you imagine doing that 25 times? No, thanks. <laughs> it's like lot. moving home. That's I don't a lot want to do that again either. <laughs> well, have a great week, Steve. I'll talk to you soon here on The Retirement Pilot. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Mark. We'll see you next time, folks. Take care, and don't forget to subscribe to us. We'll catch you later. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.